0: And welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the regal Matt. Hello there. Well then, Matt, uh, we are talking about the husbands of River Song today. We are. Christmas has come early. Yeah. <laughs> as it yeah. so often does when you when you're watching Doctor Who.
1: I don't think we've ever watched a Christmas episode at Christmas, have we?
0: I think if memory serves, when we did last Christmas, it was like a, a, a week after or something. Like it nearly yeah. synced up, but uh, it just wasn't quite there. Um, so we've got we skirted close a couple of times. We did uh, we did Canine and Company as a Christmas special, and that's obviously you know how it was originally broadcast as well. And it has has a bit of token Christmas stuff at the end.
1: Yeah, I I think we should watch uh, K-9 and Company again.
0: You can do that on your own side, Matt.
1: <laughs> yeah, as someone who's watched the Twin Dilemma more than once, you know, why don't we go back?
0: Uh, I'd rather... Uh, I mean, like I say... If that's what you want to do with your life, I can't stop you, but I'm not podcasting about it again. One and done on that one. As I am with with uh, most of these, I'll be honest. Even even my favourite episodes of Doctor Who, I'm like, I'm ticking them off the list, and that's it.
1: That's it. You know? Never go um, back.
0: I, I mean, apart from anything else, you've strong-armed me into... Uh, uh, doing another spin off, which I had no intention of uh, yes. addressing on this po- podcast particularly. When we
1: reach the end of season nine.
0: Which is fast approaching for us. Um, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it won't um,
1: be next week, will it? It'll be in a couple of weeks' time.
0: Yeah, so um, for, for listeners, if you haven't already guessed, Matt is very adamant that we should watch the first episode of Class. So. Uh,
1: I just think we need to complete the collection.
0: Yeah, know, we've this done Canine and
1: Company, we've done Sarah Jane Adventures, we've done Torchwood, and as you say, it could be one and done.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll probably, I'm thinking schedule-wise, we'll do our Series 9 wrap-up next week. Mm-hmm. We will do our... Um, then we will do our third Doctor episode whatever that turns out to be. We will reveal that next week. Um, And then we'll do class and then we'll roll into the next Christmas special and on into Series 10. So it's kind of nice because you get these sort of two back-to-back Christmas specials, which is just a bit much. So it's kind of nice that we've got a bit of breathing space now with those sort of three episodes in between, you know, the the Series 9 wrap-up then... Um. Then the third Doctor. Then Class. Then, then we can ease our way into the remainder of the Capaldi era. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But th- that 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 being said, shall we? uh sh- shall we crack on with uh, the usual uh, rigmarole preamble? But oh,
1: okay. <laughs> you dare call it the usual blather.
0: Yeah, Um, no, I wouldn't after last time.
1: Where do you want to start? Meal of the week?
0: Yeah, why not? Why not?
1: Okay, so, as always, when we discuss our pantheon of meals... (laughs) (laughs) Yes! What what do you have for breakfast this morning? Uh,
0: For me, I wonder if you can guess, Matt.
1: Bit of toast, bit of marmite? You would be wrong. Eggs on toast? Oh,
0: no. I don't Um, think you're going to get it today. No, Uh, Uh, you're going through all the usuals. I went. went, Well, I went a bit after last week.
1: If you if you say it's cold pizza from last night, and we have the same fucking discussion,
0: (laughs) it nearly could have been, but I polished it off. Little tease for later. Um, Yeah. uh, So actually, it was porridge. Ah,
1: nice. Anything L- in
0: there? A L- uh, bit of golden syrup.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, li- little Zorbs wanted porridge for breakfast, and uh, who was I to deny the lad?
1: Do, do you refer to him as Absorbeloff outside of the podcast? Has it become like I a d- quaint nickname?
0: I don't, to be honest. Uh, That's It's just between you, me, and the listeners, that one.
1: I, I'm worried, like, first time I, like, revisit you after lockdown and everything, I'll be like, hello, little Absorbeloff, and... <laughs> your partner will be like get out <laughs>
0: <laughs> she'll probably just look uh vaguely mystified yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not a listener it it's uh it, it comes as no surprise to say
1: um, so for my breakfast ha- this morning yeah i i've I've spent a king's ransom on McDonald's breakfast david not going to lie this doesn't come
0: this doesn't come as a surprise to me because early morning I, I,
1: saturday recording yeah, Friday night beers, it's become the highlight of my week, but my Friday night beers has expanded into Friday night cider yeah. and whiskey.
0: <laughs> well, I guess yesterday was definitely cider weather.
1: Yeah, definitely. A beautiful, warm yeah. day, so on my way home I thought, get treat myself, get a few Copperbergs on the go. Mm. And then, yeah. because it's exam season at work, um, I was going to do my shopping before work, but I realised it was really, really, like... Well, it was a lot cheaper if you signed up for a Tesco club card and got the club card prices. So if you ever wondered what people in exam halls do when you're sitting your exams, they're on their phone signing up for Tesco club cards.
0: <laughs> All of them.
1: Yeah, so I went Across on my way pantry. home and saved a bit of money, so...
0: Yeah. that's uh, no, no, So... Uh, no you not do. Have you got the booths lined up for later this weekend? Then
1: uh, I don't really know. I'm trying to save a bit of money at the moment.
0: So yeah, yeah, um, it'll, it'll uh, catch up on you, won't it? Those 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 booths shopping yes yeah, um,
1: <laughs> Let's just say I found out the hard way how expensive booths can be as a hobby. <laughs> when it got to the end of last month, and I was like, shit, we have literally no money.
0: <laughs> um, Spent it all on uh, just on fancy exotic, pastries. On exotic, like,
1: olive-based dishes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was up late last night, went to bed about one o'clock, playing a bit of Grand Theft Auto online with friend of the show, Tim Riley. Uh, yeah. who he, He's one of the best people to play computer games with. He's one of those people that lives his life at 100 miles an hour, so...
0: Sounds more or less like the opposite of me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you'd get on well, <laughs> like opposites attract. I'd love to see like a buddy cop movie with the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, went to bed about one o'clock. My wife got up at about half five because I thought she was. Ho- I forgot she was horse riding this yeah. uh, this morning.
0: So, so you're yeah. working. So you're working on uh, low. <laughs> Um, Not much sleep um, and uh, residual alcohol in your bloodstream.
1: Yeah, probably too much alcohol to have safely driven through McDonald's Mm, drive-thru.
0: Potentially, but that could probably be said for most people on a Saturday morning at McDonald's Um, drive-thru. My
1: my wife likes to, uh, the next day, she likes to confront me on what she's heard me shouting when I've been playing computer games. (laughs)
0: That'll be an interesting... uh,
1: So this morning she was like, are you okay? Because you kept shouting, look out, there's some bad dudes down there. And I've never heard (laughs) you use the word dude before. Uh, Then apparently I was shouting, I'm the president, I'm the president. And finally, just at the top of my lungs at like one o'clock in the morning, I just shouted, finally a weapon to surpass Metal Gear. (laughs) And uh, yeah, my wife... I don't think my wife enjoys Friday night beers as much as I do.
0: It doesn't sound like she would, (laughs) under the circumstances. But
1: anyway, let's move away from my uh, undiagnosed alcohol addiction and move uh, towards meal of the week.
0: Well, before we get there, I did want to quickly just check. So, in your McDonald's breakfast, was there any particular standout item?
1: No, I went bog standard. But the thing is, like... I was ex- I was exceedingly hungry, so I knew I was going to yep. get two sandwiches. Yeah. So I thought, why don't I just get two meals, because then I can have a coffee and an orange juice. Ah, uh, so smart I got thinking. One, I got one sausage McMuffin meal and mm-hmm. one bacon McMuffin meal uh, and got a coffee and an orange juice. And yeah. probably as Chris- soon as we wrap up, I'm going to have a little potter down to the shop and buy four litres of orange juice and just drink that all day.
0: Good plan, good plan, and cru- crucially, by t- by t- going with that method, two hash browns.
1: Two of the old hash browns, yeah. Let's
0: not neglect the hash browns, yeah. So spend the rest
1: of my weekend sat on the toilet, but never
0: mind. <laughs> <laughs> so should we should we quick quickly tick off meal of the week then, and then we can Go we, on then. We can move on to better things. So for me, I I kind of you know if you ever get to scare that fuck it, it's Friday. Vibe I David, mean, it I've sounds just like about put...
1: that for about twenty minutes
0: you have rather haven't you, yeah. yeah, so that's i when I finished work yesterday, I was just like i don't I'll be honest, I'm trying to lose a bit of weight at the moment, not not terribly successfully, but it's it's something that's vaguely on the agenda, but yesterday, I was just like, right, I'm getting some getting some uh uh like Pizza from, from the supermarket, but I mean, you know when you're spending too much on just pizza and you could probably have basically just gotten a takeaway for the same price? Yeah. I, w- I went down that route yesterday. So I got one of those, you know the Chicago Town ones with the uh, with the sauce in the crust?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, Which I maintain
0: fan. is the best frozen pizza on the, the market in the UK. The,
1: those little Chicago Town pizzas, they're just... I think they might have been my meal of the week one week. I can't even remember.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, they're good stuff. But it's specifically, it's the, the big ones that are like meant to be takeaway style. But they have, rather than cheese in the crust, just, yeah. a, just a, a... Pizza a, sauce. A, Yeah, it's a sort of uh, tunnel of sauce all around the, the perimeter. Um and uh, yeah, got some dough balls with it. As always, slightly disappointed by dough balls. I think d- dough balls are like one of those things you must get fully expecting to be disappointed.
1: Yeah. And if you go back a couple of weeks, I stand by my comments. Dough balls are yeah. not garlic bread. They're not I would agree.
0: Matter. Certainly in this case, n- not nowhere near garlicky enough. But um, I made up for it by I, I uh, got some ranch dressing, so I was just just slathering them in ranch dressing. Nice. Nice. So, um, absolute failure on the weight loss front last night, but um, it was a good time. So, e- easy shoeing in for meal of the week for me.
1: See, for me, last Monday was my wedding anniversary.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And, obviously, we're still under I, some I, restrictions. I've just
0: realised I did the wrong thing. I should have said, like, congratulations or something, shouldn't I? Yeah, Instead just, of just, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Did I tell you?
0: Did I tell you, Matt? I've got I've got an autism assessment next week, so that'll be interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm sort of used okay. to it. I mean, it's an untold tale of the podcast that, like, when you when you and your partner, you know, made your nuptials, you flat out refused me coming to your house to get you a gift. You were like, "No, no, thank you." <laughs> So, um, you know, I know your opinion on the whole <coughs> whole laws of the marriage, but never
0: mind. Well, uh, it's—I uh, mean, it's a couple of clarifications there. One, not nut, not nuptials; it was a civil partnership. Um,
1: it's all the same. It's just a godless <laughs> affair. <laughs>
0: um, and 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 secondly, it, it really was just because, honestly, if we could have done it with you, nobody else that's with what us. you
1: told me. You were like, oh, I, I, I just can't be asked, Matt. Just stay at home. It's not worth it. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway. So, anyway, uh, so yeah, one day was my wedding
1: anniversary, yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, me and my wife, we were looking for something to do. And then one of the ladies I work with who lives <laughs> around the corner from me was like, oh, I hope you don't mind, but I, I've done some baking for your anniversary, so yeah. I thought, yeah, the weather's nice. I'll have a little walk around the corner. Come say hello. Maybe have a cup of tea. And when I got there, uh, she presented me what I would describe as a full wedding cake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
1: It, it was a two-tier cake. Lemon, buttercream icing, everything. Like, expertly like decorated. It. it was unreal.
0: That's amazing.
1: So I, I'm going to put that down there. And do you know what, I'll say it, Yep. Yeah. meal of the year so far.
0: Wow, it's happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. anniversary it's cake amazing. beats the curry. Wow. But then, last night when I was like, uh, every Friday I put a message out saying, Hi guys, don't forget, new episodes are coming out. And I always ask what everyone's having for tea. Uh, but Sam from Married to Who sent me a picture of her brother's birthday cake. And Can't lie, yeah. David, a little bit jealous.
0: <laughs> does it look like it surpasses the one you had
1: uh, it's certainly on par mm. It's it's got what looks like giant lumps of like cookie dough on the top and I'm a sucker for oh. cookie dough
0: crikey who isn't who isn't that yeah nobody in there right now but mind also
1: either, but... whilst they're part of the conversation I've been listening to a bit of Married to <sighs> Who this week yeah yeah it's okay just blow your nose over me David it's fine Sorry,
0: sorry, struggling, <laughs> struggling with allergies as always. Don't you historia. dare edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, not going to be pleasant for our listeners. But I,
1: I, I was listening to Married to Who, and they were discussing. I mean, it, it was about six months ago for them, but they were discussing how they'd like to have you on their pod. So I think go for it, David. Let's make it happen.
0: Oh, I, that's a daunting prospect. <laughs>
1: I think you'd be brilliant it's one of my new year's resolutions don't forget to advertise you more as a doctor who expert
0: <laughs>
1: get yourself out there
0: oh uh, it's just the, the thing that that i i like about married to who but also is the thing that would make it so daunting for me is that you've got you've got so many people on that podcast it's what it was one of the things that gives it a very different vibe to ours you've got this real kind of
1: Quality, it, would you say? That's it, what separates it from quality, us?
0: Quality, but there's also, it's like, <laughs> you've got you know, all these lovely people that enjoy spending time with each other and are very at ease in one another's company, um, Then and then you, you throw into the mix um, an incredibly awkward, possibly... You know, t- time will tell. As I as I mentioned, <laughs> but potentially undiagnosed autistic person. I I, I don't know whether that's uh th- that's really um a recipe for success.
1: <laughs> oh. It it did make me laugh. They were discussing one of our episodes when we'd right. just finished the Satan Pit.
0: Right. Um, okay. Cool. And- that's going back a bit.
1: Yeah, and the episode ends with you going, "Well, Matt, you've really enjoyed this." this week's episode. Fingers crossed you enjoy next week's episode just as much. So join (laughs) us next week when we review Love and Monsters.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I do... I can
1: imagine your face like the bloody Cheshire Cat when you were saying
0: that. (laughs) I do... I'll be honest, it's one of the great sort of unacknowledged pleasures of doing this podcast with you, Matt, is that I can... I can throw those little cheeky nods to the audience without you being yeah. aware. Um, if you ever re-listen to the whole run, there are there, there are more in there than you might realise. Yeah,
1: with hindsight, you've just been yeah. lampooning me this whole time.
0: <laughs> um,
1: right, where do we go from right here? Then. Do you want to do non-Doctor Who television highlight of the week, or would I like Let- to who?
0: Let's do TV highlight of the week because um I've got two but it's go- it's going to be quick. It's um, one of them
1: and- if I just simply say the word casserole.
0: Yes. Yeah, we don't really yeah. say any more. Keep, you know, keep watching Taskmaster everyone. This this uh last night's episode really was the stuff of legend. Uh, yeah. I won't say more than that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, related to that, I'm watching uh, I'm watching Taskmaster as I always do now that it's moved to Channel 4, on, on the All4 app. And I'm having to suffer their their sort of paltry selection of the same adverts over and over again. And there's one that keeps popping up that gives me more joy every time I watch it because it is unintentionally is it, hilarious.
1: Is it the postcode lottery? Someone's it's, knocking at the door. Somebody's it's not that one.
0: No, no it's, one, that. it's one for Skybet. And it features... Someone who I assume is a Sky football pundit or someone. He looks. He looks like just stereotypical middle-aged yeah, it, man in a suit.
1: It's probably Jeff Stelling.
0: Okay, I'll take your word for it. But the, the premise of the advert is um, you're you're in the so-called best seat of the house, and he's sat on like this spinning executive office chair and is surrounded by screens in this sort of, like, 1984 dystopian way. And there's, like, football footage on all of these screens. And he's, like, swivelling around, staring at it. But he has this this face of, like, this expression of confusion mingled with possible horror throughout. Yeah. And it just looks like they've just trapped a man with dementia in this, like, football prison. No, no. <laughs> it's an extraordinary piece of footage. I, I, I've actually been trying to find a, a link to it on YouTube or something. Nobody seems to have uploaded it, so I can't share with the rest of the so, world my love of this of this advert.
1: Go, going back to my conversation with Sam from Married to Who, yeah. you you are talking about football, aren't you? Not soccer.
0: I I am talking about football, yes. Proper football, the ga- not the yeah, the, the, game, the game where you kick a ball with your feet and yeah. that's what happens.
1: Yeah. Not American yeah. hand egg.
0: Not American hand egg, no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, are you familiar with this advert, Matt? I hope some uh, of our listeners it, are it, and I it don't sound like about... an, a, a madman. Next time it comes on, watch it closely. Watch his face. He does not look like he's having a good time. Being surrounded by that much football. No, No. Um, right. Um,
1: I'm trying to think what my TV highlight of the week is. I'll tell you what I watched this morning. Uh, Yes. A I don't want to call it an interview, but a Christopher Eccleston reads tweets and answers questions
0: video. Oh, I I think I think I've popped that on my to watch list, and I haven't haven't gotten around to it yet.
1: Yeah. What were the highlights? Um, his sort of grumpy charm. There's one question where someone says, you know, since you didn't enjoy playing Doctor Who, and Christopher Eccleston's like, who said that? Who's told you that? (laughs) (laughs) And and he he makes a few comments where I think it's a sly dig at his fallings out on the show.
0: Yeah. Because he was
1: like, oh, I've only come back because... This is so well written. The scripts are so brilliantly directed oh. and everyone's so polite, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Certainly, to, to be fair, that's that's part of the, the key to Big Finish's success is that they do... Because they've got nothing for the... They're very s- script-first. They don't have to worry about budget in the same way. You know, they don't have to worry about special effects. So for, for, for an actor, it's a really lovely gift to basically just be saying, here's this script, it's really well written, you don't have to learn it, you'll be done in a day, <laughs> and, um, and we'll give you a truckload of cash for it. And Plus. on top of that, they, they in normal times, they also have a reputation for doing quite lavish lunches for the actors and crew. Um, oh man!
1: Imagine that. Imagine if we just went for a Big Finish lunch. I bet it'd be unreal.
0: That, uh, that genuinely, the amount of different people who, uh, you know, like actors who work for Big Finish, who specifically reference the lunches in almost every interview they give about the experience. Um, mm. It it really, genuinely is the stuff of legends. So, um, yeah. Basically, the whole the whole modus operandi of Big Finish is make the experience as easy and fun and comfortable for the actors because it's the actors that they get and the quality of their scripts that really keep people coming back. Um, speaking of which, can I talk quickly about because um, Big Finish suckered me in again this this week? Um, mm-hmm. They because David Tennant was celebrating his fiftieth birthday this week. Were you aware of that?
1: Uh, I was, yeah. I saw that yeah. a little bit
0: on Twitter. They had a little David Tennant uh sale. And I've gone on record before as saying Tennant is not my it's not near the top of my list when it comes to doctors. That's not to say I don't enjoy his era. I do. There are some episodes that I think are absolute standouts. Um but overall I prefer other doctors to his portrayal. Mm-hmm. Having said that. I, 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 so as a result, um, I, his his big finish releases have not been particularly high on my priority list, especially yeah, not at the full-going going yeah. rate. But with with the sale that they had, I think it was near to 50% off the first volume of Adventures he did with Catherine Tate as Donna. Uh, okay. And for me, Series 4 is the sp- sweet spot with Tennant the in the dynamic between him and Donna is really it's my favorite companion pairing for Tenant. so I succumbed Matt I succumbed and bought myself three episodes of uh Tenth Doctor and, and Donna shenanigans and I've only listened to to a bit like about 30 minutes of, of the first one so far that's all I've had time for but <laughs> it's it's amazing how seamless it, it 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 is. It really feels like it's just a lost episode from that series. It's just fallen through is, some kind of time portal.
1: I, I was going to ask whether you know there was a set period in the series where they fall, but I suppose they're
0: kind of interchangeable, uh, aren't they? I I don't know exactly. I would guess earlier in the series it feels like pre-forest of the dead pre-midnight because it's quite light and frothy it has certainly the first one of the set. it has a similar kind of vibe to uh partners in crime the ones with uh the uh adipose
1: yes yeah
0: yeah so it, it has that sort of just very light, breezy quality to it, and it's a lot of fun so far. Excellent. But, yeah, that's that's big finish, though. Like, I, I, I'm i going along in on my month, happily managing to save a few quid, and then all of a sudden they've somehow coaxed 16 quid out of me. Yeah,
1: that's how I feel about booths.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, shall we move into right Would I Lie to Who?
0: I think we'd better because we're 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 we're, a, we're on the clock this week, listeners. So we might. The more we preamble, the less time we've got left for uh, talking about husbands and river at this point.
1: Right. So three statements. Yep. And only one of which is true. So David, you have to find which one is true.
0: I do. Okay.
1: So David. Yes. Thanks to Doctor Who, this week, my wife and I fell out.
0: Oh, Right, there's obviously more to dig into there. We'll come back to that.
1: Statement number two. This week, David, I had a dream where you and I were werewolves who lived next door to Elton John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's certainly, statement- that certainly... That could be a Christmas special, couldn't it?
1: Statement number three. Following last week's conversation, I have reached a decision on the all-time greatest children's television theme tune. And David, it's The Shoe People.
0: The Shoe People, right. Okay, so starting at the top, you fell out with your wife over Doctor Who. How, how How did that come about?
1: Um, well, I I kind of got my timings wrong. I usually watch Doctor Who when my wife's working on the late shift. Yeah. Um. But I'd left it a bit late this week. Um. Uh, so I think I watched it around Wednesday. I normally like to get it done in the first half of the week. Right. Because uh, I have work commitments Thursday and then it's Friday beers. So I think it was around Wednesday that I finally sat down and watched it. And... My wife was with me whilst I watched it. It's one of the first times she's properly sat down and watched Doctor Who. And it's not a bad episode <laughs> to start with because, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a clean slate. Yeah. And when we'd finished watching it, my wife was like, oh, I quite like that. I think she liked the ending. You know, it was yeah. quite touching. Yeah. When I'd explained what was going on. And she was like, oh, can we watch the next one? And I just had to say no. <laughs> And just shut her down. So She she was like, why not? And I was like, um, mine and David's little thing. Mm. Um, so she wasn't very happy. I think she quite enjoyed what she'd seen. Uh,
0: well, you know, the solution there is look back round to Eccleston. Uh,
1: not going to happen. Not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> it's bad enough doing it once.
0: Uh, if I had to I'd, do it
1: again, where, where I play the role of David.
0: <laughs> You'd play it magnificently. Um, alrighty, um, so your second statement was... Which one was that?
1: That was, I had a dream that you and I were werewolves ah, and yes. we yeah, lived yeah, next door to Elton John.
0: Okay, so my first important question is, are we werewolves living in separate houses and we are each neighbouring Elton John? Or is this a house share situation?
1: house share situation. And when I say we're werewolves, we're not like American werewolf in Paris, full-blown lichens. It's more like Teen Wolf. We were just a couple of hairy boys.
0: I mean, to be fair, that's pretty close to reality, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Um, So was uh, was this just like a terraced street? Did we have... Was it neighbouring mansions? What, well, what was I, Elton John's I, living I'll, I'll be honest.
1: But we spent a lot of time in the garden. Uh, yeah. And for some reason, we weren't getting along with Sir Elton John.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: we we were shouting over the fence. I think he was singing, and we were like, "Can you keep it down?" Even though I, I like <laughs> Elton John.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you have a favourite
1: Elton John song?
0: I'll be honest. I've not. I've been meaning for a long time to listen to the good uh, goodbye yellow brick road album like his his big breakout album from the early 70s um because it was kind of it was quite a significant album at the time um I'm not a fan really of his later period poppy stuff but I do like the song goodbye yellow brick road so there see, might, there's probably, will end up being an obscure cut from that album, which might one day be my favourite Elton John song. But as Sing stand, it's probably "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." See,
1: "Sacrifice" by you? Elton John—that's one of my karaoke songs.
0: Right. I don't uh, know that I could even bring that to mind.
1: Uh, I might save that for like the Christmas special.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. The only Elton John songs I know is the aforementioned "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," "Rocket Man." Uh, Candle in the Wind, and the Lion King soundtrack. I think that is the sum total of my Up and John knowledge.
1: I, I was that hoping you'd fa- say Lion King. I was waiting through yeah. your list, like, he hasn't said Circle of Life. <laughs>
0: um, uh, that and the fact, this is a ob- great obscure prog rock fact, um, he he auditioned to be the keyboardist for the band that would go on to be Gentle Giant. Uh, who are one of the most significant and underrated uh, of first-wave British prog bands. And one of my personal favourites. When? Would have been late 60s, early 70s.
1: Oh, no, sorry. When did I ask? No one cares about prog rock. (laughs) (laughs) And statement number three is, I've dedicated a lot of time this week to trying to find the best children's TV theme tune.
0: Yes, and yeah. Okay, so she I've people. gone round
1: the houses, I've watched a lot of compilations, and I'm you know stepping on the Shoe People.
0: You know what needs to happen, Matt? You what? need to give us a rendition of the Shoe People theme to remind the listeners.
1: Right, hang on, because I've listened to it a lot this week. So, it sort of starts... There's like a little instrumental bit where it shows you the yeah. cobbler closing his shop. Yeah. And then it's like, Every time you're skipping down the street think about the shoes upon your feet today it's a magic world when your toes on curl shush shush shoo, shoo, shoo people do be do be, do shush shoo, 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 shoo people there you go
0: yes okay um right then they're all so plausible Matt they're yeah. all so plausible um I'm gonna dismiss the first one because okay. I think your wife probably didn't enjoy *Husbands of River, River Song*. She probably thought it was a bit stupid. Um, so if she, so the, if the kernel of the truth is that she did watch it with you, that's where I think that landed. Um, the dream—I mean, totally possible that you've had that insane Elton John dream. But it's also equally plausible to me that you've, you've really dug into the whole kids TV theme discussion and wanted to dredge that up again this week. But is the shoe people theme a good enough theme that it's become your definitive favourite? I don't think it is. So I'm going to say the dream is is the is the truth.
1: Right. Well, as always, I'm just going to text you part of the answer.
0: Right. Are you ready for the dramatic reveal, listeners?
1: It's part of a message I sent my brother. <laughs> do, do, do you want to read it
0: aloud? It says, I had a dream last night. I moved in next door to Elton John. It was hell. Yeah. So there we go. Another point a, in the bag for me.
1: You know that video where he's in his garden singing I'm Still Standing, but he sings it really poorly? No. It was, but
0: it, it, oh, yes, I do. I remember. I did see that. Yes.
1: Yeah, it was like that. Me and you were in the garden, basically, like, drinking tea and having a whale of a time. And he was just next door, like, (laughs) And we're like, Elton, come on, man.
0: (laughs) Yes, I do remember seeing that now. It was a bit of a, like, a what the hell has happened here moment, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, things have gone very, very poorly. So, just to tie that up, my wife, uh, she wasn't even home when I watched this week's episode. Yeah, Yeah. And to go back to children's best theme song for television programs, I've whittled it down to three, David. I thought you could be the authority on this.
0: I'll certainly try.
1: Okay, so the main category that I went for was, these are the ones that I think are sort of iconic, so you know straight away what the cartoon is and you get excited about it. Yeah, but it's also the best ones to sing along to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I've I've got three. So the first one is the Sesame Street theme song.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So That's a contender. Sunny
1: sure. day, sweeping the clouds away. You know the one I'm thinking of. Of course I do. Yes. Can you yeah. tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? I think that's an all-time great. Yeah. Right, hold on, because I I wrote all these down. The next one, David, this is an old cartoon, and it's not a cartoon I'm massively fond of, but the theme tune's Unreal. Go for it. Okay, so I'm going to sing this. Think of all the animals you ever heard about, like rhinoceroses, tigers, cats and mink. There's a lot of funny animals in the world. Do you know the next line,
0: David? Uh, something something panther that is pink.
1: Have you ever seen a panther that is pink?
0: There Here we he go. used
1: the pink panther, rinky-dink panther. That's, a, that's yeah. a great one. And I don't really uh, like the pink panther.
0: I have very fond memories of watching that. It, it was one of those ones that tended to be like on in, on over the summer holidays in the yeah. mornings. Like weekday mornings. Um, on on probably like BBC 2 or something. Like I specifically remember like watching it at my grandma's house. Um, and yeah I was just all about that title sequence where because it, it's it's the, the, the cartoons themselves are fine. They're all cartoony. But the the title sequence has the Pink Panther like superimposed over live action footage and he's like yeah. getting into like a fancy 1960s sports car. car. And it's just, there was something about that opening sequence that was spellbinding to me as a kid. So yeah, yeah, that that's a proper nostalgia one for me.
1: Right, now the next one, we mentioned last week, and it's become my sort of homework this week to learn all the words to this song off the top Go of my it. head, because I couldn't do it last week. Yeah. Right. McTo blows on his bagpipes whilst Elspeth and Angus watch those notes floating across the waves. Now this is the bit I couldn't do last week.
0: Yeah, a lot of appears
1: at once and grabs a note or two for lunch, and the whole of the family Ness is not too far behind. Sporty Ness leaps over him, turns upside down and dives back in, and the beautiful lovely Ness She's the kissing kind. And then this is the bit I really couldn't do. Eyewitness comes up for air and takes notes without a care. He turns with a crash and a bash and a splash to the family Ness. There we go.
0: Yeah. Now, I know
1: know what you're thinking, David. Family Ness, great song. Great song. But did you know Family Ness has two great songs?
0: It's got a different closing song, hasn't it? Yes. So, this is the one I'm submitting, okay? Okay, right. So... drug my memory, because I can't remember the the closing... I know it was different, but...
1: Right, I want you to imagine a little, like, traction engine, and it's pulling carriages full of different animals for the zoo, okay? Okay. So,
0: Uh, you have
1: upside-downy bats and stripy cats and monkeys too, big cow pats and keeper's hats, things that whiff and poo, birds that stand on spiky legs whilst others bill and coo, Yes, there's an awful lot of sadness at the zoo. You can knock it, you can rock it, you can go to Timbuktu, but you'll never find a Nessie in the zoo. You may see an anaconda, a giraffe, a kangaroo, but you'll never see a Nessie in the zoo. So I think Family Ness might win, because it's got two absolute bangers.
0: Yeah, I think, can we, can we just declare it joint winner for both songs? Because yeah. what I was going to say was, when you were giving out the rendition of the opening song, I was popping my little head to that,
1: yeah.
0: genuinely. I, also, it's one of the only TV themes that I can think of that has a key change in the middle of it. Yeah. It, it, it's fantastic. So It's amazing. So, I, I need to look up who composed it and give him a shout-out next uh, week. because I, I've
1: probably got it on me, because I did screen cap the lyrics because like I said I've been trying to learn them this week <laughs> um, so the family Ness I haven't got that one but Nessie yeah. in the zoo
0: you'll never uh, find a Nessie in the zoo got got like got a jo- it's got like a Johnny Cash vibe hasn't it yeah if memory serves it's
1: brilliant and there's a yeah. little bit in the animation where there's a, a Nessie tap dancing and the animation's so smooth it's beautiful
0: yeah uh ah. right. it probably well, w- the episodes themselves wouldn't hold up, would they?
1: Uh I I can honestly say yeah. I didn't actually watch any episodes. I just yeah, watched
0: because I I found there's a there's the other day out of out of um I, I was so sick of Absorberloff's usual uh TV fare, I was like, Hey, you like rockets and stuff, kid. Let's watch a bit of Thunderbirds, just see how we get on with that. So I popped on the first episode, because they're all on Britbox now. Popped on the first episode. Immediate racism. I'd forgotten. Oh, i right. forgotten forgot. that the main the villain it, in is. It Thunderbirds. the hood? Yeah. And it's just like it's like total, total not quite Fu Manchu style, but you know, just a horrible stereotype. Mm. Um so yeah, as soon as he was bored of it, I was just like, okay, I'm switching that off and that's never going back on again. Sorry, kid. <laughs> Oh, dear. Never right. go back, eh?
1: So, what we're going to do now, before listeners' tweets, is, yep. because I've been singing and I'm a little hungover, I'd quite like to go get a glass of water. So, right this is ahead. what we're going to do, David. You're going to keep talking to the listeners, right? don't edit it out, and I'll listen to it for the first time next week. Uh, okay. Right, okay, okay, then. So, I'm just going to go get a drink of water. I'll be all of two minutes
0: uh, uh oh, all right then listeners it's just me and you um this is very awkward isn't it um what can i talk to you about uh whilst matt's not here I- i'll talk about time Lord victorious we'll have a little impromptu time Lord victorious update i finished all flesh's grass um bit didn't land with me i you know i've talked before well i don't think i'd get on with doctor who in prose form. i think that's the issue there i've listened to the big Finish audio genetics of the daleks um that's the tom baker one it's fine it's, it's breezy it's good um and uh, you know a bit of menace to it at times as well when the dalek starts to to come into play um i've still got sat on my app ready to go uh, echoes of extinction which came out about what was it this week maybe last week uh, but anyway, that's that sat ready to go. I've not dug into that. That's the one that's like was a v- special vinyl release where you've got the uh, the one side with the tenth Doctor, one side with the eighth. I'm quite intrigued by that one, so I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that soon. Um, but yeah, that's that about does it for Time of Victoria so far. The only other thing that I think I'm probably going to pick up that I haven't yet is the Minds of Magnox, which is uh, the audio book because uh, i don't think they're doing it as prose it's just an audio book um which is a bit weird but you know it's fine that's, that's what they're doing with it um but that i believe features brian the ewd quite heavily and for me brian the ewd remains a standout right, whatever you're
1: saying
0: okie doke um so yeah that just that's about that, scale, that
1: listeners my on.
0: yeah Hello? So there, there you go. Hello! Hello, I'm back. Right I've then.
1: Made myself two pints of peach juice. Bit excessive, but I think I need it.
0: <laughs> Fair deuce. Now then, now, now that that's all out of the way, yeah, Matt. You might have to
1: put some sort of editing on. Like, I'm breathing pretty heavily, I've run up the stairs again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. The Husbands of Riversong, Matt. Mm. Lots to talk about, but first things first, good episode, bad episode. How are you rating The Husbands of Riversong?
1: I thought about this 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 morning, and I think I'm going to go bad episode, some good bits.
0: That's fair, I think. Um, A lot of people really love this one.
1: Yeah, the good bit's Uh, really good, but there's about three quarters of this episode that we could just put in the bin.
0: (laughs) So, in in defence of this episode, it's intentionally light and rompy, Mm. for the most part. What I struggled with first time, when I was watching it through a haze of uh, beer and Christmas pudding, was... Uh, that it's that it's so light and breezy, and then there's this tonal whiplash when you get this extended uh, epilogue that's pure pure romance and heartfelt drama. <laughs> um, I think both both sides of those coin. It's just kind of successful in what it's trying to do, but the transition between the two tones is quite a sudden, jarring one, I feel like. Mm. Um, A lot of people, as I say, really love this. I don't think it's ever quite worked for me. I probably enjoyed it more last night than on my previous couple of watches.
1: Would you like to hear some listener replies?
0: I certainly would, yeah.
1: Okay, so we will start with Clover who says yeah i like it not my favorite but the last few scenes were fun yeah now this week david when i was interacting with clover on twitter i found yeah. out they're only 13 years old it's too young wow. for the pod isn't it
0: <laughs> we do say some naughty words
1: yeah so clover <laughs> can you just can you just get one of your parents to listen and just email us like a permission slip <laughs>
0: Okay. That's your inner teacher coming out again, there. Yeah.
1: Okay, you go do your homework. Make sure you have an early night. Eat all your tea, all your vegetables. Pet, you know, don't be up all night playing Rocket League or Minecraft or whatever the kids are into these days. Okay. I thought it
0: was Fortnite now. Is it not oh, Fortnite? It could be.
1: Stop doing your TikTok dances. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm amazed we have any listeners, but, the way we go about business, David.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. It's astonishing, isn't it? But oh, thank you for listening, Clover. It's lovely to have you on board. Um, right. Who's next?
1: Uh, James Courtney. Who says? Hi, James. It's one of my favourite Christmas episodes. It's funny all the way until the end, and then we get a nice dollop of emotion.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I... I think it it would be coming towards the back end of my Christmas special rankings. I I think I'm on a limb here. I think that's kind of going against the grain of general fan consensus, but yeah.
1: Okay, we then have Frank says, this is so, so good. I generally don't like River Song episodes after the library, but this one is fantastic. Sorry, is a fantastic romp every time. After the emotional season that just finished, such a lighthearted distraction feels so good to watch. So funny, so heartwarming, I love it. My only complaint is that the music throughout really annoys me. It feels forced, soulless and out of place.
0: Yeah. I've said before, with Murray Gold's scores, he, he, he can really lay it on thick sometimes. Sometimes he's exceptional, like, for example, Heaven Sent incredible score start to finish this one i'd, I'd agree it, it really lays it on thick um. and uh, it distracts me sometimes when i'm trying to enjoy the episode
1: okay and then i think this is the penultimate one this one comes from bt slash Fliberty gigot on twitter who says oh, another new listener yeah, he says I've been listening for a long time, but this is the first time I've managed to catch one of your tweets.
0: Some oh, people excellent.
1: don't Some people don't rate this very highly, but it's probably in my top five Christmas specials. The final two thirds are exactly the lighthearted breather we need after the emotional beating of the season nine finale. And Twelve and River have more chemistry than in Eleven and River ever did. The scene where Twelve gets to do it's bigger on the inside, the bit where Twelve finally gets to laugh. And the jokes about River not recognise him are all highlights. Of course, it all sets up even more heartbreak with River underlining just how complicated the Dr. River relationship is. Twelve going hello, sweetie, is adorable. And of course, it's all made better when he finally takes her to Daryllium and Moffat caps off River's story perfectly. She's going to die in the library, that's inevitable, but Twelve is able to give her twenty-four hours—sorry, 24 years as a proper married couple. It's a very Twelfth Doctor sort of ending. Bittersweet, but on the hopeful side of bittersweet, where the sweet parts make the bitter parts worth it. I love it. Side note, the fact that Rivers coming off 24 years with 12 makes her cracks about 10 being a pretty boy, and how young he is, pretty funny. Definitely a downgrade for her, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's interesting isn't it to think to th- we'll talk more I think about how it kind of loops back round to uh Silence of the Library when we when we get to that that end uh but yeah, so you see what I mean Matt but uh, generally speaking I think people are much higher on this episode than I am.
1: Yeah. To and um, to be clear,
0: I don't dislike it. I just I don't I don't love it the way other people do.
1: No. I I just wanted to shout out because um, it wasn't really an opinion message, but Amy did send me a message asking whether we enjoyed it or not. So, Amy, strap yourself in because here it comes.
0: Right then, yeah. So, you want to kick us off, Matt?
1: Yeah. So, Husbands of River Song from 25th of December 2015, written by Stephen Moffat and directed yeah. by Douglas McKinnon.
0: Yeah. So, before we go any further, uh, I think it's interesting to note that this could have been Moffat's one song for Doctor Who. Really? Uh, Initially, he was planning to uh, leave the show uh, after this episode. Um, Eventually, he was persuaded by the BBC to stay on and do one more series just because they... Didn't have a successor lined up, basically. I think they maybe started to eye up Chibnall, but Chibnall was still working on Broadchurch and wouldn't be available for like another couple of years. So they basically just played for time, and I think that's partly why Class happened. Right. Because we're obviously now getting to the point where we had this series, just this year of just absolutely no Doctor Who. So we went Christmas special, then we had Class as a bit of a filler. Then we had another Christmas special. Then into series ten, which was Moffat's final series. But uh, yeah, so it's it's just weird to think about. Uh, you can see why, with that with that being the case, why he would make his 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 potentially last shot, closing that loop with River.
1: Yeah, uh, like, because. Has River only been in the Moffat years, or was she in RTD as well?
0: RTD, uh, the the uh, Silence of the be Forest of Night two-parter. Uh, no, uh, sorry, uh, Forest of the Dead. Um, that was series four with Donna, mm-hmm. Tennant. But then, but that was written by Moffat, and uh, he knew he was going to be showrunner. Like right, he he okay. got gotten the you know. I think he'd pretty much signed the dotted line when he was working on that story. So he was perfectly at liberty to start planting seeds for his own era at that stage. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think River has ever featured in an episode of the TV show not written by Moffat.
1: OK, OK. I,
0: I'm trying to think. Angel's two-parter, that was Moffat. Um, all of the ones in series six, yeah, and and the series five finale, uh, series seven. The only the only episode she was in was Angels Take Manhattan. That was Moffat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she's ever she's done loads of big finish at this point. So lots of other yeah. people have have written for for River as a character, but but not on screen.
1: Right. Okay. So her main continuity is all Moffat.
0: All Moffat. I think he was probably quite proprietorial about it in that way.
1: Right. So we open on Mendorax Deloria. It's a human colony. And there's a big red flying saucer. Yeah. Okay. So in the town, it's like a traditional Victorian Christmas affair because it always bloody is with Doctor
0: <laughs> Like they, uh, that's the they open on uh, on an alien planet with like a proper crazy alien sci-fi name. Hard cut to Victorian cobbled streets. <laughs> do,
1: do you think in the future <laughs> they'll ever like reminisce for a traditional 1990s Christmas? <laughs> Like, as is tradition, we all get up on Christmas Eve the night before to defrost our frozen prawn ring. (laughs) You know, something like that would be great.
0: That would be, that would be.
1: Okay, so the TARDIS is there, and Grumpy Grumpy Doctor hates carol singers. Okay, yeah. And this is where we're introduced to Matt Lucas.
0: Good old Matt Lucas. Yeah, you
1: say that a little bit silly in this episode for my liking, if I'm honest.
0: I mean, what what do you get Matt Lucas in for if not to be a little bit silly?
1: I know, but he's he's OTT silly. I,
0: I don't know. I don't I don't think it would work in a regular series episode. But you got to remember, you got to put your Christmas special hat on for this one. There's another piece yeah. of casting that, that, likewise, I'd say. Work, works because it's a Christmas special but otherwise would be a bit much
1: yeah um, I suppose if you go back to like Catherine Tate I was worried she was yeah. going to be a little bit too silly but she isn't she manages to rein
0: it in yeah but but she's, but she's that first performance in, in The Runaway Bride is very big and over yeah. the top it's kind of that's kind of part of the thing with the Christmas specials is they're playing to the gallery a bit more mm-hmm. you know it's it, it gets a bit more panto.
1: So the Matt Lucas knocks on the TARDIS and yeah. we get a funny little bit where the TARDIS has put doctor has put antlers on the doctor to try and yeah. cheer him up a little bit. Yeah. And Matt Lucas says that there is a medical emergency he's come for does he say the surgeon at this point or the doctor? I can't remember. I think he
0: says uh, the surgeon, yeah. and the doctor's just like ah, near enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they go to the flying saucer where a lady in red emerges, and yeah. it's River Song.
0: Surprising no one.
1: Yeah, but she doesn't recognise the doctor, though she does no, tell she him doesn't. that her husband is dying.
0: Yeah. So, so did you think we tease? might have a sneaky multi-doctor story on our hands?
1: Well, no, because if the Doctor was dying, we'd have seen it. And the only thing I thought it could be would be it could link back to that spacesuit in a pond, you know, where the Doctor did die, but it was secretly that... Ah. Te- uh,
0: that
1: is it the Tesselector?
0: No, it's uh, it was River in the spacesuit.
1: No, 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 instead of the Doctor. It was that big robot that had yeah, tiny people that- in.
0: Yeah, that wasn't in the pond, though. The spacesuit was River.
1: Yeah, can, yeah, it's the but, same
0: same storyline. No, but that, that's what and I'm so thinking yeah. of. River
1: might be sad that oh, okay. the Doctor is going to die there.
0: Oh, I and, see.
1: And that's what I see what of, you mean now.
0: Yeah, where yeah. she
1: says my my husband is dying, it could be that she yeah. was worried he's going to die by her hand, <laughs> but, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, but no, it turns out it's a totally different husband.
1: Yeah, so her husband is Greg Davies, the Taskmaster himself. <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> Yeah, right. and so this was the other casting I was referring to, because like, I don't think he could drop Greg Davis into a regular episode of Doctor Who without it being a little jarring.
1: Yeah, because I don't think this is his best work.
0: No, it definitely isn't. I, I'll be honest, I think he probably just did it for a laugh. I think um, he just and, did it. And, and, yeah, and an enormous paycheck. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's fine, but, like, it's a one-note character to begin with. It's not It's not written to be subtle or have layers of any kind.
1: No. So he plays King Hydroflax. Yes. Okay, who's a giant robot with ninja guards. Yeah. And because he's the husband of River Song, the Doctor immediately dislikes him. Yeah. Okay. And we see that everyone on this planet is praying for Hydroflax. They see him as a just and benevolent king, when actually he's like an absolute war machine.
0: Yeah, he's just a complete complete galactic tyrant. Mm. Uh, And yeah, they, they practically worship him as a god, don't they?
1: Yeah. So everyone there really does think the Doctor is the surgeon. Yeah. And River wants to tell the Doctor of Hydroflax's injury. And the injury is that he's had a big old diamond shot into his head. The Halasi yeah. Androvar. Yeah. Okay. So River says to the Doctor, "Look, I'm not married to the King. I'm married to the Diamond. You can take his head off, and that would do for me. Mm-hmm. Because the Halasi are going to pay a huge ransom to get that gem back. Yeah. Okay. And River tells the Doctor, "Oh, you remind me of my second wife.
0: And yes. Yeah." It's kind of a recurring theme. She keeps dropping uh, hints about other people she's married to other than the Doctor. Mm.
1: So when she discloses all this information, it turns out that Hydroflax has been awake the whole time and has heard them. Yeah. Okay. And he removes his own head. He doesn't need River to do that because he is a cyborg. Yes. Big old robot body. So they've made it look like he's in a big suit of armour. Is actually
0: but it's actually just, just a head, head yeah.
1: on a robot, okay. And then we find out that River, because she's an archaeologist, doesn't have a sonic screwdriver. She has a sonic trowel.
0: Yeah. At yeah. one point,
1: did did she have a sonic lipstick? At one point, or did I dream that?
0: Uh, I think she did. Maybe no. It was no. It was uh, Sarah Jane. Uh, General, yes, yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. I remember. Okay, so then they have a little bit of pushing and shoving, a bit of a fight. Yeah. That results in the doctor putting Hydroflax's head in a bag.
0: Yes, I do quite like the whole head in the bag nonsense. Uh, I like
1: honest. it. I like it later on. There's one joke that I thought was pretty funny later on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they beam away to escape. But they beam away too high, so they fall to the ground. Yeah. Okay.
0: And they have a little chuckle with each other.
1: Yeah, a little bit of flirty-flirty.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And the Doctor asks River whether she knows who he is, and she says she doesn't. But then, at this point, we're introduced to Ramon, her other husband.
0: Yeah. Okay. Who is the- just g- generic pretty man, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they're looking for the damsel, a man with twelve yes. faces. It's the Doctor, and I quite of like. Of course, it is. I quite like the bit where she opens her wallet and you see all the different faces of the Doctor, because yeah. I, I like the idea that Rivers met them and we haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, well, she's pretty much ticked them all off a list in big finish at this point.
1: Has she met the War Doctor.
0: I don't think they ever did a War Doctor crossover. Um, yeah, because it was good to pure... see him in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and as she says, you know, Time Lords have, as far as she's as far as she knows, twelve potential regeneration. Uh, sorry. It, uh, yeah. So it's it's just those twelve faces. Yeah, um,
1: that's That and can be the only outcome.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, the 12th Doctor is the 13th regeneration of the Doctor, um, yeah. to, just to make things nice and simple. Uh, yeah, because she's, she's unaware of what happened on Trenzalore.
1: So Hydroflex's body is now questioning Nardole, so that's Matt Lucas's character, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. And
1: it turns him into a robot too, so it takes his head and puts it on its own robot body.
0: Yeah, poor old okay. Nardo, he gets a so, pretty raw deal in this story.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like they almost got Matt Lucas, and then they weren't certain what to do with him once he signed on.
0: I think that's very much true. So he he just get he he plays this very kind of wimpy character, and and that's about it. I get like similar to to Greg Davis as Hydroflax. It's, it's just. He doesn't really have any other option but to do a very one-note performance.
1: Mm. Uh, where am I up to? So, River plans to steal the TARDIS. She needs it so that she can time travel. And she mentions that she's stolen it multiple times before and the Doctor's never even noticed.
0: Yeah, I oh. do... Uh, the, my my The thing I am enjoying most at this point in this story is... Capaldi and his like his facial expressions the the cross arms the his reactions to all of this stuff River is blurting out mm. and yeah just the 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 awful realization that she's she's she is telling the truth and she is forever nicking his tardis and popping it back where she found it yeah
1: like she's got a little like bar area on it that he was unaware of <laughs> and stuff like that yeah but when she yeah. boards the TARDIS, I love that the Doctor basically goes, right, here we go, folks, this is it.
0: Time when, to do it properly.
1: Yeah, then when yeah. he goes on, his like, oh, my God, it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> How?
0: Yeah, it's a highlight of the episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you can keep your beautiful emotional climax. I'm here for this scene of uh, of Capaldi doing his TARDIS reaction. <laughs> Yeah, great So he says,
1: finally, it's my turn. And once on board, there's a homing beacon on Hydroflax that sounds. And it says, the TARDIS can't take off because the head is inside, but the body is outside. So he acknowledges something is wrong.
0: Yeah, quite a good security mechanism. Like, genuinely. You wouldn't want to leave half your body.
1: In 1920. uh... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then, Robot Nardal meets Ramon and puts a gun to his head to blackmail him. Okay, we find out that Hydroflax's body has a black hole in it. That's what powers it, and it will trigger if he's killed. Okay, so Ramon is a cyborg now too, and it all goes a bit mad. And the TARDIS takes off. Yeah, and they land on a big old space cruise ship. I thought this could be like a heart back to the one from uh, the Kylie Minogue episode.
0: Yeah, the Voyage of the Damned.
1: Yeah, it seems similar.
0: Definitely uh, is.
1: So the Doctor and River run off and we find out River has a glam spray where she's able to spray her body and is immediately glamorous.
0: Yep. Alex
1: Kingston's pretty glamorous at the worst of times anyway, isn't she?
0: Yeah, I, it does seem like it would be hard to to, to make her anything less than glamorous. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, and we find out that she's not returning the diamond; she's selling it because yeah. the cruise ship is full of criminals.
0: Yeah. Just turn my page. Yeah, it's 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 all it's all like you know warlords and uh, organized crime bosses and just not nice people basically. Yeah. So
1: the doctor notices that river has her notebook her diary yes and it's almost full and when he says well mm. you look sad she says well i was given to it i was given it by a man who knew how much time i would need it for which is pretty sad isn't it it is sad so then we find out that river's guest has boarded the ship and i'm going to read my next few notes word for word yeah. River's guest is Scratch. He has a Scratch. The money is in his Scratch. All the people in the restaurant <laughs> are Scratches, too. <laughs> scratch serves King Hydroflax. This is awkward.
0: Yes. So, to unpack that a bit, um, so Scratches is part of. What's it? The Harmony of the Winter Shoal, I believe. Mm hmm. Which is. That's a that's a Doctor Who-y phrase if ever I heard one. Yeah, you know, sounds fancy but means fuck all. <laughs> yeah. But the design of having that sort of like split skull thing, yeah,
1: and it's got is, a big
0: scratch. Is, yeah, and the fact that he can he can just use it as storage, mm. and that that. The like the the, the the strands of mucus and stuff glistening in the light. It's it's so gross. It's just but, what but, you want on the telly on
1: Christmas day.
0: Yeah, it's and that's the thing. I like I, I like that even on, on a Christmas episode. One of the nice things about Doctor Who is you're gonna get little flashes of just pure weirdness like that. So uh, yeah, I enjoy that.
1: Right. So, as we've said, she's trying to sell him Hydroflax's head, but yep. he announces that he's working for King Hydroflax. And yes. everyone on the yeah. ship kind of says, All hail King Hydroflax.
0: Yeah. So This has suddenly turned very, very awkward for River.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, the, there's a, a waiter character at this point who tells... The body of Hydroflax, it should go after the doctor's head. I could
0: yes, work out yeah.
1: like it was almost like Hydroflax's body was a totally different character to Hydroflax.
0: Yes, yeah, they did. It's a blink and you miss it piece of dialogue. They talk about the fact that the uh, the body is like a co-pilot. It has like an AI program, right. so. It's it's essentially my my takeaway is that Hydroflex is really the robot body that's kind of running the show. And it's looking for useful and compatible heads. Yeah. That it can use to
1: Yeah, it only uh, picked wh- King Hydroflex because it served a purpose.
0: So it's either a case that Greg Davis's Hydroflex was just a useful idiot, or potentially it could have been a case that um he was really this bloodthirsty guy at some point he gets injured he gets this cyborg body and the two start to feed off each other to the, to the extent that at some point the cyborg's body becomes more sentient mm-hmm. maybe and is just like let's just keep this party going i'll just get a new head yeah um who, who knows doesn't matter either way really uh but certainly the body is, is acting, has got its own agenda, basically, at this point. Yeah.
1: So back with the Doctor, he tries to auction off the Hydroflax, King Hydroflax's head, as a bit yeah. of a distraction. And the body says that Hydroflax will die in seven minutes.
0: Okay? Yeah.
1: And I've put, it destroys his head. I can't remember whose head it destroys.
0: It destroys Hydroflax's head. He, he just, like, shoots a laser beam at it, turns it to dust, and then you've got the diamond revealed. Ah, uh,
1: that's right. Within. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So the waiter steals River's diary because it wants yeah. to lead the body to the doctor's head. And yeah. the waiter recounts the doctor and River's adventures and yeah. says, you know, she doesn't know where the doctor is, and... We get a good speech here where River says, you know, the Doctor never loved her. It's like loving the stars. They never love you back and says yeah. that he won't come for you. And I I just want to make a point here because there's one here and there's one at the end of the episode. I know everyone goes on about how good Capaldi is at his big speeches. Yeah, I, I like it when he's quiet and calm. Like when he just yeah. looks at River and goes, you know, hello, sweetie. Wow. I think that does
0: more than a big speech. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, Yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? it? It is a perfect little moment, that. Um, yeah.
1: So they start...
0: I think, t- I think on- the thi- Sorry, I was just going to say, I think the thing with Capaldi is he can do it all. You know, yeah. he can do the big speeches when that's what you need. He can do the quiet moments when that's what you need. He's just... His facial expressions and his voice, he just has kind of complete mastery of them, it feels like. It just brings exactly what's needed for a given scene.
1: So then, even though everything's going off around them, they start taunting and winding each other up a bit. Um, And even when the waiter tries to interrupt them, River's like, don't, just don't. We're the two most intelligent people in the room. Just shut up a minute.
0: And uh, I think she specifically, doesn't she say, quiet, mummy and daddy are daddy. talking?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. as they are discussing things, they work out a safe place to stand because there's a meteor strike, okay? That was River's escape plan. She was aware yeah. of it because, obviously, she's come from the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that she just says, you know, to to, to the snivelly waiter, you know, <laughs> I, I'm an archaeologist from the future. I dug you up. Yeah,
1: like, that's a great
0: line. It's a great line. There's it's, it's a coldness to it there, isn't there? Yeah. So
1: then, at this point, the Doctor and River separate. The Doctor's going to go face the robot. River goes to stabilise the ship. Yeah. So the Doctor... They...
0: I was just going to oh, say, they have this sort of, like, little, little sort of bicker over who gets to do the noble sacrifice. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, so, and then they both conclude neither of them c- should bother.
1: <laughs> so the Doctor ultimately gives the robot all the money, but when it tries to do the bank transfer, all the security firewalls just kill it. Yeah. That that just made me think, Moffat's probably heard the word firewall, not really known what it is, but just wanted to throw it in there a bit. Yeah. Because so that's not <laughs> what a firewall does.
0: No, it's the the, uh, the, the sort of banking egg for want of a better term, uh, yeah. it really is just a pure a contrivance of pure convenience to just keep things moving along, isn't it? It doesn't make a lick of sense.
1: So they're flying towards the planet of Daryllium and yeah. the Doctor teleports River away just before the ship crashes. Yeah. Except she comes back in the TARDIS and they brace for impact in the TARDIS. Okay, yeah. the Doctor wakes up first and we get a nice powering up of the TARDIS scene. Yeah. and doctor... It's a
0: great TARDIS set, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. The Doctor, when he leaves, then speaks to just like a rescue man and he gives him the diamond. He says, you know, yeah. you're going to have all this wealth. What you should do is open a restaurant right here. <laughs> and yeah. the man sort of smiles and the Doctor goes back in the TARDIS... Goes forward a few years, and when he comes back out, it's built.
0: Yeah, I do like this. This is quite clever. I feel like, <laughs> just like <laughs> the Doctor is, because uh... it, it 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 just it's you don't you rarely see this of like the Doctor using it as just a straight up time machine, just not moving in space, just moving in time, rooted to the same spot. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, flicking from... Initially, he, he opens the door and it's like it's just a burning husk. He's just like, oh, no, we, yeah. we don't want to deal with that. So he just skips forward a day or so, meets the rescue guy, skips forward to a couple of decades later. He's built the lovely restaurant. And, uh, and yeah, and then he can't get a reservation for another four years.
1: So he skips forward four so years.
0: Forward- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really nice. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know... You would, again, you wouldn't want it every week, but as it's it's fun to see, even this late in the game, Moffat's still finding fun, clever things to do with the concept of time travel.
1: So, eventually, River wakes up and heads to join the Doctor. She yeah. glam sprays again. Yep. Yeah. And as she enters the restaurant, we find out that Ramon works here.
0: Yes. And... Because uh, he, he's he's still just ahead on, on the uh, Hydrofrax robot body.
1: Yeah. I think this is where we get the bit I didn't really like, where she's like, oh, is Nard all in there? And he's like, yeah, I'm having a bit of me time. And I'm just like, joke just didn't land for me.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. It, it's. Uh, it's... Unfortunately, it, as much as I I do like Matt Luke, it's not really. I'm not a big Little Britain fan, but I do enjoy. Like, like I love his work with uh, Reeves and Mortimer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he's generally a good egg. I think. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he doesn't quite. He's not one of the best things about this episode, unfortunately.
1: No. So the Doctor approaches and gives her a sonic screwdriver. Yes. She says, you know, you never got me any uh never gave me gifts. But it's better than a trowel, isn't it? Yeah. And they visit the singing did... towers.
0: So did you recognize the screwdriver? No. Okay, so
1: it's not the do one you recall... from the bin from like years ago, is it?
0: No, it's not, but if you recall the 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 emotional climax of uh Forest of the Dead, the first of where we see the, 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 the end of River Song, And uh, the Doctor... She tells the Doctor... So I'll just lay it all out now. We are basically watching everything that she describes having happened... Yes. ..at the end of that episode. So she says, you turned up with a haircut and a new suit. You uh, took me to... to see the singing towers of derillion we spent a night there um you gave me a sonic well she says you gave me your sonic screwdriver right yeah a sonic screwdriver but yeah it's not nitpick too much um but it's the exact same one that she is using throughout that story Uh. and it's got that little memory bank module in it, which is what the Doctor uses to save River and upload her to the hard drive ah, uh, so at the at the end of that story. And some people have speculated that when he kind of takes it and and kind of you know demos it at her and sort of like waves a sonic in front of her to to show that it's a proper working sonic screwdriver. What he was actually doing was kind of scanning her consciousness, so it was set ready to upload in that story.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So it is like a perfectly closed loop.
1: Yeah. It's good that that they finally got round to doing that. Yeah. So they visit the singing towers and the Doctor has a little cry. I think he says something, you know, the classic, I've got something in my eye. But he's pretty, pretty upset. And she says that she knows the stories of the Doctor and River song say that the Singing Towers are their last night together. And she begins looking for a loophole of how they can get through this. And in the end, they just accept that it's the end. And I like that the Doctor says, you know, well, there's a tale of the Singing Towers. You know, whenever you need it most, there's always a song. Yeah. Because she's called River Song David.
0: I did get that. I did get uh, that. I'd, I'd um, just make
1: sure you knew, because he was talking about her, not the actual song.
0: I do like the metaphor of the towers as, as a sort of... A, a, ..a metaphor for relationships and sort of harmoniousness, how, how two people can complement one another and create something more magical together than they could as individuals. Do you, you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's, that's what I take away from that. And I think that's a very sweet message. Yeah. Um,
1: so then she says, look, this is our last night together. How long is a night? And the daughter sort of smiles and goes, 24 years. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. And then to go back to what I was saying earlier, probably my favourite delivered line of the whole episode is when yeah. River says to the Doctor, oh, I hate you. And just so quietly, so peacefully, he just goes, no, you don't. Yeah. And that, that says sweet. more than a big Capaldi speech.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely the right the right note to end it on.
1: So, um, so like I say, I think the final 10, 15 minutes, absolutely top draw. The rest of it, I yeah. can take or leave.
0: Yeah, it's it's very broad and very silly the whole the whole runabout thing. But again, that's probably what you want on Christmas Day, right? You don't want something too taxing. No, I don't um, think so. Like imagine if Heaven Sent was the
1: Christmas special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I don't think it would be like quite the, as popular the, as it is. The doctor running round just like, "What's what's going
1: on? Where am I?" Like massive yeah. pile of skulls. Huge like (laughs) twist at the end,
0: yeah. You know, and then he just ends up gouging. Wraith around (laughs) after him,
1: and then he gets that boy and he's like, Tell them, tell them I'm here. Oh, and by the way, Merry Christmas! Like, if you just (laughs) (laughs) just exactly the same scene, exactly the the same, same... but at the end, he just goes, Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas.
0: And And he just takes a big bite out of a mince pie and <laughs> yes. winks to the camera. <laughs> yes. yeah, no, it wouldn't have quite landed, would it? So no. um yeah, I, I I don't know that I'd say bad episode. I think it's for me, it's like for the most part, it's fine. It gets the job done, and then it ends. It ends really sweetly and you'd have to have an absolute heart of stone to not appreciate the the uh, the final scenes at the restaurant in the singing towers. Mm. Um, which fortunately I do not. But that being said. Uh, so, yeah, that that kind of does it for series nine for us next week. We will be taking a week off watching. Doctor Who. We will just be kind of looking back, reflecting, hopefully answering some of your questions. Matt, if you want to get a a, a tweet up this week, just reminding yeah, people to get some will. questions in for us. Um, and uh, obviously no spoilers for Beyond Series 9. No. Um,
1: and if you can think of a children's television show that has a really good intro and separate outro, let me know.
0: Yeah. Or just... Anything you think that can top family-ness. I think you'll, you'll be hard-pressed, but I'm, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. But until then, listeners, as always, thank you for joining us on this journey through Series 9. And do join us next week for a bit of uh, just rambly chatter about it. See, I didn't say blather. No, well done. Didn't say blather, Matt. Uh, but until then, thank you very much for listening. And uh, cheerio. Bye now.